like how do you balance between being able to be content with what you have right now but at the same time not be complacent and still have goals and still want to work towards something hello glad is here and welcome to the knuckleball podcast where each episode i'll sit down with a stranger or a friend and we'll get to know each other no scripts no nothing just two people having a free-flowing conversation with no agenda yeah i i feel like we don't really do that enough and and um it's it's nice you know to put your phone away and just be there with someone this podcast is cozy it's light and not gonna lie sometimes it does get heavy and it can get introspective but most importantly it's human and you know i think one of my friends once told me that it's almost as if it feels like having two friends in your ears and i think that is a really neat way to describe this podcast so there you go Thank you for giving this podcast a chance. I really hope that it brings a little bit of joy to your day and and makes your day a little bit better. If it does, please leave a nice rating and review. It'll really help the show. And I would love to hear from you. So please send me a DM uh, on Instagram at knuckleballpodcast or send me an email at theknuckleballpodcast at gmail.com. The knuckleball podcast (laughs) all right that's it on to the episode bye-bye hi stranger Hello. Hi. How's the audio? Not bad, actually, considering you're in a car. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was I was worried, but I'm glad that we're we got a good thing going here. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that it's not picking up any of the background noise. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure if I went through like the actual car system, it would be a lot worse, and so. Um, yeah, I figured I'd just use AirPods, and they're pretty good at filtering out noise. Um, and also, um, I can, because they have that, like, um, conversation mode or whatever, I can also hear the road. So feeling comfortable with all this, uh, nice and safe. So got a good thing going there. Nice. Well, thanks for joining. I don't know. I know I'm not one to judge, but can't say it's very legal <laughs> to be driving and doing a podcast. <laughs> You know, I don't know if there's anything specifically against driving and doing a podcast, though. I don't think so either. So we're fine. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're comfortably in some nice gray area. We'll just we'll, we'll let it be and we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> nice. Well, how's your day going? My day is going pretty good. I was going to say great, but I'd say pretty good. Um had a bit of a slow start to my day just because uh, I, what do you call it? I worked late yesterday and then I didn't feel like going in early this morning. And so I just took my time with it. And so far it's been pretty nice. Yeah. How about yours? That's, 
It's very different from mine. I actually took the entire week off this week. So I've just been chilling. Um, but yeah, no, I've been spending way more time than I should have alone, uh, which is getting a little bit uncomfortable, not going to lie. <laughs> like, yeah. Yesterday. One, yeah. What, what were you going to say? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the one good thing about uh, having to go in for work um, is the fact that like I get to see people and most of my coworkers are about my age. So uh, there, there's just a lot or not a lot of time of me, um, like just hanging out on my own kind of thing. I mean, that's the reason why I decided to go into the office. Um, but I was going to say, so yesterday I took a, well, I, it was actually my first solo hike. I've never done that before. So I took like a the Metro North up um, an hour and a half. Um, and then I just, just walked in nature for like three hours and it was great but I'm I'm like starting to feel <laughs> I'm starting to feel it <laughs> you know like sometimes when you're alone too much and your thoughts are like churning all the time and you're like oh shit I need to like go talk to someone <laughs> I yeah I mean it's the whole reason I have that running the gal where it's just like I I sort of I I quickly get bored with myself. Like I, I want to be engaging with someone. I want to be meeting new people, learning new things. And um, I just, I find Reddit to be really helpful for that because I'm also really bad at like keeping in touch with people, but there's like a lot less pressure when you're just meeting people online. You just uh, chat for, you know, a day or two and then, you know, move on to the next thing. Wait, so do you do the, so you talk to um, people online quite a bit? Um. So not, it depends on what quite a bit means, <laughs> uh, but like every now and then I will just kind of, um, I've re like, I'll realize that I've isolated myself too much and everything like that. And I don't quite want to like potentially bother any of the people that I know, um, in real life. And it's just, there's always a lot of people that are reaching out. So I, uh, I respond to, uh, messages and then, you know, if, if you hit it off with the person, then you can like see if a friendship comes from that. Um, and then if not, you just kind of move on and you, I don't know. I just don't put too much pressure on anything. I think that's the best way to go about it for me. No, I mean, I feel like that's the right way to do it. Cause like some people, they just get a little too attached to, you know, when, when like you, when you start to get a good thing going and then the other person just suddenly, I guess ghosting is like a big thing now. So if people just disappear, they're just like, Oh, now, now I'm like attached to this person and I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people that do have unhealthy attachments and I'm, I feel like I've, uh, kind of gotten through that phase of my life where I sort of needed things from people too much. I, cause I, I feel like I've definitely put a lot of unnecessary pressure on people in the past. Um, but I've I just, as I've grown and matured, you kind of get better at dealing with people and understanding like the fact that everyone has their own life going on. And it, um, I don't know. I just feel like I, I've been in a, a much more reasonable place because you always see those posts about people who are just kind of bitter and jaded. And they have that sense of entitlement about like getting responses from people. And I just want to like tell each and every one of them like, Hey, just relax. It'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely sound like, you have 
gra- you have mastered the art of letting go. <laughs> Let's kind of put it that way. Yeah, well, it's sort of, uh, it's, uh, I forget what the concept is, but it's just like uh, you expose yourself to things that you're uncomfortable with, so you become more comfortable with them. And I've been, I've always been an extroverted person, um, but uh, for, like, I used to have some issues with, like, you know, trying to introduce myself, like, really taking that first step with new people. Um, And I usually, like, kind of over-rely on already knowing, like, a friend of a friend to introduce me to people. But I've gotten, um, I realized that, like, I needed to work on that. And so I just started talking to people a lot more, regardless of uh, whether or not I knew them or whether or not we had anything in common right away. And I just sort of always shoot my shot. And then if things don't work out, it's fine. That's awesome. Yeah, that kind of reminds me. So actually today I ate alone for the first time in God knows when. And it was incredibly nerve wracking. But the thing was like, I really wanted pancakes. I wanted pancakes so bad from this one place. And they always have these like massive lines. And so I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's like a Tuesday and nobody's, you know, everyone's just working. And so they probably won't have a line, which was true. And so I decided to go and, you know, sat at the bar and it, and it was great. Like I was I was nervous for no reason. And I ended up talking to a couple people by kind of like the bar area. And that was fun. No bar areas at like restaurants is the best way to go about it if you're eating alone. Yeah. Um, one day uh, I got locked out of my apartment accidentally. Uh, I went to take my trash down. Out of habit, I locked my door behind me, realized I didn't have my keys. <laughs> Classic. Um, and I'm like, oh, my, yeah, my wife wasn't due home for like two and a half hours. So uh, I was like, I'm just going to go to a bar. I, because uh, on that day, I had like a half day at work or something like that. Uh, and so I went to a bar. I just sat at the bar and like it was, it became pretty clear that like a lot of them, a lot of the people at that bar, because there were like six people, um, a lot of them either knew each other or they all worked in like the restaurant industry and stuff. Um, and stuff, but uh, about like, you know, 15 or so minutes in, uh, start chatting with the bartender, you know, you get to know uh, that person. And then like the person next to me joined in on the chat because uh, there was, you know, something re- uh, sports related on the TV. And it's pretty easy to talk about something if you have any common knowledge on it. And then like it eventually uh, grew to the point where like someone bought a shot for the entire bar, like a round of shots for the entire bar. So I got a free shot that day. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. There's so much. I I really like the thing about like momentum and energy. It's like you really only need one person to kind of kick things off. And then and then it just kind of like picks up steam and keeps going. You know, I I love it. I I really do like that concept. And I really like the fact that you use the term momentum on it, because like I usually just think of that in the very literal like sense, because yeah um i yeah because i work as a scientist so like whenever i hear science words I, my first thing is like oh think of that in the very literal one but i like how you applied that to that because there's a lot of people who do have that sort of momentum about them or they're just kind of infectious with their personality or positivity and it's just those people are very special i would say that's awesome that that was so funny because like so there was this one woman at the bar and she was just dressed up as if 
she owned she was like the CEO of a company, basically. And then she had these like really official looking documents with her. And then the only thing she ordered there was a chocolate milkshake, the large size. She downed it in like two minutes, put on her sunglasses and left. And that was like that was like the highlight of of my brunch. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, you, I think that that's also a great thing because that's confidence right there. You know, she knows what For she wants. Sure. She just got it. <laughs> yeah, I I really I don't know. I I've been thinking about like what are some of the what are some of like the values that I really admire, and I think one of them is. Are people who have this sense of like free spiritedness to them, and just knowing what they want, and they're not afraid to get it. Yeah, I I love people who are secure in their sense of self, um, and that they they just once you know who you are and who you want to be, it makes it a lot easier for you to pursue that. And there are times where I feel like I got that figured out, and then there's times where obviously it's uh, a little more shaky, but. I, there are certain people where you just know that they're doing what they want and they've, they've known what they actually want. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like you're kind of spending your time on things that you want to spend your time on or are, are you kind of working towards that? I'm definitely working towards that. I feel like, unfortunately, you know, given the state of our society, yeah. we all have to make some sacrifices with our time. But um, in addition to uh, work, I also, um, I have a dog that has just a lot of issues. Uh, he's got like just really bad separation anxiety um, and it just leads to a lot of behavioral issues. And unfortunately, um, me or my wife, were not really able to like leave him alone because he will like lose his mind. He'll just, he will be caught up in his terror um, and like he'll have accidents in the house or just like destroy things or, or just yelp and uh, bark and whine and howl. And so that's another thing that kind of occupies um, uh, like or that kind of prevents me from being able to, uh, you know, do whatever I want at any given moment. But it's all about like kind of coordinating and finding uh, your own rhythm. Um, one thing in particular for me is I love being active. Um, even though I'm kind of a heavier dude, I have run like multiple marathons. I've done uh, Spartan races. I've done a Tough Mudder. Like I love just being out there and doing things. I even, uh, I would go uh, rock climbing for a while um, until the pandemic hit. Now I have to kind of work my way up back to doing it. But uh, I feel like that's uh, exerting myself, doing exercises, that kind of stuff is something that uh, is very important to me as a person. And it really helps me kind of get an understanding of who I am and it relaxes me and helps me just, it just helps me overall. I, it's like necessary for me. And so one thing that I've done uh, recently is I've started signing back up for like half marathons to kind of ease my way back in there, give me something to train for, give me kind of some direction there. Okay. First of all, half a marathon is not easing into something. <laughs> These it's all about perspective like, there it's like oh my god i was literally talking to my friend about doing a spartan race which i know that there are multiple levels but then i see yes. one of those like youtube videos about that kind of gives you a teaser of it and i'm like what the hell like why why would anyone want to jump over a fire 
<laughs> like <laughs> on, the, on the top of like 20 fires, other obstacles like, that's the easy the part jumping over fires the easy one it's just the last <laughs> one it's your little photo off at the end there right um, and, and the, honestly it's the same reason that like people do anything it's be, it's to see if they can you know or to just like sometimes it feels good to try really hard at something you know yeah no i and kind of adding to the list of people that i really look up to i feel like runners in particular have so much of my respect because that like the amount of mental uh like mental will to be able to take on that challenge is like i think that's the hardest part is being able to visualize the possibility of actually doing something like that and well, that's kind of why I said that I'm easing back in with half marathons. <laughs> yeah. Because half marathon, as long as you're a reasonably healthy person, it's something you can kind of force yourself to do and you won't like actually die. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's your baseline. <laughs> yes. Because, well, the the race, like a marathon, that unit is the distance that some guy ran back in like the ancient Roman times. And then he died. I know. I heard about that. I was literally going to say, like, congrats. You ran to because Marathon is a place, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. uh, Now. Yeah. Nowadays, it's that 26.2 miles. Right. And yeah, it couldn't. It's like you ran that equivalent and you're better than that guy who we named this after. (laughs) That's great. You know, maybe if he had better shoes and some like salt what, what do you guys take like those salt oh, oh yeah yeah those little salt packs or, or salt packs or, or maybe, maybe he wouldn't have died that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that one that one fitness cookie that's what he needed oh my god or well or if there was like you know an aid station every mile exactly. one two miles you would have you would have gotten through with gatorade yeah poor god. guy he really he died he, needlessly so i'm i'm so curious like what goes through your mind when you're running a marathon? Um, honestly, for me, the mo- for the most part, I'm just counting down how much further I have to go. I, um, I guess it, it starts off where you're very excited and you have to tell yourself, hey, don't push yourself too hard too early here. Like you just want to find your rhythm. You want to find a spot that's comfortable. You want to get uh, kind of warmed up and you just take inventory. So you oh, like my calves are still kind of stiff or stuff like that. You take, I take internal inventory for like the first few miles. Um, Inevitably, I stop to pee usually within the first two miles as well Um, because you always kind of overhydrate as a precaution. And then it's funny. um, I've done the Chicago Marathon uh, three times. And then I've done, uh, I did the uh, quote unquote uh, dopey challenge down in Disney World, which is the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon and the full marathon that was in like four days um but so wait, during wait, the chicago wait, marathon i'm gonna I'm okay. cut you right there did you just say that you did a 5 10 and then like a, a marathon in four days yeah a half and a full yep uh, six miles yes okay so was now, that but a- that was january 2019 so it was it was gotcha. all, several years ago yeah but was that a decision that you made purely by yourself or did someone kind of egg you on and be like, hey, you should do this? Um, oh, that one was purely me. 
Oh my I, god! In fact, so I, much respect I even, for you. I reached out to a, a friend. Okay, so actually, the way I did my first marathon was at a certain, or actually, this was right after I finished college. Um, I was back at home uh, living with my parents. I would also uh, go to the gym uh, that, like, was the park district gym in that area, and I would see some like old friends from high school um, and. I was never a runner back in high school. In high school, I was uh, very heavy set. Um, and I did, uh, I was a lineman on the football team. And then I threw shot put and disc on the track team. So just was not a distance runner of any sort. Um, yeah. But just over time, um, especially uh, starting my sophomore year of college, um, I kind of got into the running because there was one day where I wanted to see if I could run a mile. And then I realized that it was a struggle even to run it at all, like regardless of timing. And then that kind of grew. But anyway, I got back home. I was living with my parents and I was kind of wondering like, you know, what do I do? Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I don't really have, my student loans haven't kicked in. Like there's literally nothing that I can, I don't have any excuses to not do things. So um, just like in the movie, yes, man, if there's an opportunity that like, you know, shows up, I'm just going to say yes to it. And then it happened that within like a couple weeks of me making that kind of decision to always just try and fill my schedule with as much stuff as possible. Um, a couple of my friends were at that gym um, at that park district, and they asked me if I wanted to run the marathon. And I said yes. And we um, and it was for uh, it was for a charity as well, uh, the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And it was. Uh, the reason they picked that charity was we also knew someone who was having heart surgery because of muscular dystrophy. So it all just kind of wrapped up and I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to do this. And so that's how I got started into doing like races, like marathons. God. So yeah, you kind of reminded me. So, you know, just now I was like, I've spent the last couple of days kind of just being by myself and, you know, you start to do a lot of thinking. And then I, I started thinking about how, like, I feel like the hardest part in all of the so-called so-called challenges that we, that we face it comes down to having to decide to do something and once you decide on something the how is just kind of you'll figure it out eventually mm -hmm. um but geez that's that's a, that's a lot but I mean you know now that you kind of paint the the picture of how you got started it makes sense. Like it makes sense why you did it. Um, yeah, you just kind of you build on things, and I think yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. That's the important thing for sure. Wow, hey, did that did that was that like a life changing thing, or was it more of like okay, you know, kind of tick it off and what's next? Well, there was definitely a what's next kind of thing because so for that marathon, um, I was still. I wasn't um, in the best shape compared to all the other people that were running it that first time. Um, like they were all, uh, they've just always been more athletic kind of people. And so mm -hmm. I was uh, running with people who were just better runners than I was. And right. so for the first 19 miles, I kept up with them and I shouldn't have, I should have gone at my actual like better pace. Um, and it was also unseasonably warm um, for Chicago, October. Um, but, uh, so about 19 miles in my entire body just starts cramping up. And so 
Oh my god. Like and was that was that like suddenly or like it was a gradual, you know something's coming, but you don't know when? Um well it was gradual in the kind of way of like, oh god, like my this body part is cramping up. Like and it wasn't like, <laughs> but it wasn't just like limited to my legs or anything like that. It was actually really funny. I couldn't swing my arms because my forearms were cramping up from keeping my arms up, you know? So like even oh like god. things like that. And so I just started walking. I made sure to take as many Gatorades and like for sure, anything yeah. I could from like the aid station. And I just kept pushing through. And I actually had a friend from that group who was having knee issues and he um, actually fell back from that group. But I finally caught back up to him at um, mile 23. Um, and my goal for that marathon was to do it in under uh, five hours. And I I got right into right under there. Um, <laughs> it was four hours and fifty nine minutes, and then uh, quite a few seconds too. But I was oh I wow! Still, I hit my goal. I finished with my friend. It was just it was a great great experience. Oh my! Was that was that the proudest moment of your life? You know, like looking back, it's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of. But in that moment, I was just out of it. I I don't think I've. <laughs> I, to this day, I don't think I've ever tried harder at anything, you know, because that took so much out of me because of how difficult those last several miles were. Um, and I, I'd actually run into a, like a lot of issues on like different marathons and everything or, or different races that I've done. And it's just this, that one single event, I don't think I've ever had to push myself harder than that. Oh my God. Well, I, I hope you feel kind of invincible now. Like, <laughs> nothing nothing scares you anymore i mean the fact that you did that well i'm hoping to get back to that feeling at the very least that's why i signed up for uh these well i i did a half marathon uh last one and then i signed up for another one in uh two more months uh and i'm just you know i'm working back to the place where i feel like i would be able to push myself like that again because they're like i just feel like you have to work on it to be able to even find that kind of resource within yourself and for now, I just know I'm still just not there. Um, these past like pandemic years have been like very rough and I've been very inconsistent with it. And it's just, you got to find your consistency and you got to, you got to be able to just do the work. And I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that, you know, that it's always in you is just that you have to kind of get back into it again. Yeah. Uh, and I just am now slightly more aware of my age because um, my <laughs> knees kind of hurt. Um, That's the thing. Then, yeah. Okay, so I'm 26, right? And right. I always tell my friends, I'm like, hey, we're in New York. Like, let's do the marathon. It's like a, a classic thing to do and something worth doing to me. And then they were they just went off about how it's going to blow your knees. You're going to get all of these like long term injuries. I'm just like, all right, now, now I don't know if I should do it anymore because I don't, you know, it's like, I know it's worth doing, but like, is it worth the next 60 years of, of pain? Well, well, I think that's up for each person to determine, <laughs> but I, know. I also think that if you like train for things, uh, it's all about like how you prepare for everything. Because uh, the only times I've, well, okay, there was one time where I, I, ended up hurting my ankle. Um, I rolled my ankle uh, during uh, a, uh, I think I rolled it during a Tough Mudder first and then a Spartan race. No, actually a Spartan race uh, first. Um, but like 
other than that, none of the other injuries that I've gotten um, were um, like, like long term. I yeah, were long term things, and they were all just uh, things that were a result of me being underprepared instead of um, uh, like a freak accident. You know, if you if yeah. you just take the time and do things the right way, you can avoid a lot of injuries. But the hard part is the doing things the right way. No, for sure. God, dude, that's great. I'm sorry. I'm still reeling from the fact that you you ran so many marathons. I mean, to someone who's never like I've never ran more than a six k. I don't think. And and the funny thing was like I used to be like a sports player, not not like a runner, but like you know I was in sports, but I never mm-hmm. had the willpower to push myself beyond that because yeah I, I don't know why like I don't know like like what goes through your head after mile eight like I feel like anything beyond that is kind of <laughs> impossible to me well after mile eight you're probably just thinking okay <laughs> I you're like you're, you're just kind of in cruise control you're like okay like at this point everything hurts <laughs> well okay so Ideally, things don't start hurting until you're well into the double digits. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's ideally. Usually, you know, you want to make. I mean, um, so for the third time I ran the Chicago Marathon, that was the one that I would say I was best prepared for, and it went the best. Um, and for that one, I um, because like. I didn't know anyone else who was running it. I, uh, none of the people that ran the first one with me or, uh, just anyone that I asked if they were interested, no one really wanted to do it. So I'm like, all right, I'll just do this one by myself. And it made it a lot easier for me to go at my own pace to listen to my like own body, especially because I had had experiences already where, um, the first time I ran it, I start, my full body started cramping up at uh, mile 19. And then the second time I ran it, um, I was having issues with my shoes starting at mile 13. So I just, I came in a lot better prepared, a lot better equipped. And I just took my time with all of it. And it it went so much better, even though I went uh, slower than my final time for my first one. It still like was a comfortable thing. And it's just, you learn your body, you get used to these things. And uh, I mean, the human body or just humans in general are amazing at adapting to stuff, you know? You just, you, you throw enough things at your body in a consistent enough way. Eventually you will learn how to deal with it. That's wisdom right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, yeah, I definitely not running, but I have seen that play out in other parts of my life. Um, like, you know, in terms of like work or Absolutely. just, or like building friendships, you know, just showing up for people consistently um you start to or or even like like one one idea that i thought of today was like people are kind of like mirrors and if you consistently kind of put out good good energy quote unquote um people tend to reflect that back to you and it's true i i mean i definitely agree i think the funny thing about you saying people are like mirrors is I'm way too quick to just automatically assume that a person is like just like me or they operate the same way. So that 
So that's something I actually have to be careful about. But I understand like energy wise, a lot of people are uh, that kind of way where they will just match your energy and kind of go with what's what you're putting out there. Have you seen that kind of play out in your life? Um, definitely. I, um, growing up, I was never really, um, a happy or outgoing person for like the longest time, just cause you know, we all have our own issues. Um, but I, I just, I forget when exactly this started or when I made this kind of change, but I made a conscious effort to start trying to, you know, the whole concept of fake it till you make it, where I just tried to be more positive, tried to make it seem like I was. And eventually, like, you know, you, you treat people nicely, you send out positivity, eventually, like, enough of that bouncing back at you, then you don't have to fake it, you know, and the same goes with like confidence. Um, There's just, you just kind of put what you can out there. And eventually, people will just start believing that it's true about you. And you just keep going. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I always find that like fake it till you make it is kind of a, a like like there's a negative connotation to it. But in in the faking it, you really kind of quickly embody that exact quality that you're trying to fake. And, yeah, and you force yourself yeah, to experience it's, it's so it weird. Too. It's so weird. Yeah. It's like you kind of are tricking your brain into identifying with this thing and then soon enough it just starts believing that you are yeah it's sort of um i think i read an article this could this was years ago so i'm not sure if this is true i could be just you know lying right here but um (laughs) i've heard that if you just fake smile like eventually uh you will report like they they had us they did a study where like they had people um fake smile and then like report how happy they were after a certain amount of time. Um, and it's just like, even just that smiling can make you, um, kind of experience things in a more positive notion, even if you know, it's fake, even if you know, you're just putting like a, uh, you know, a happy demeanor on for the show of it. Like it's still, your brain will get tricked by that kind of thing. <laughs> I It's so, it's so funny. It's just like, I always think about how we're always, negotiating with ourselves and just I don't know like it's almost as if there's there's like an I and then there's like another separate entity that that is our brain I don't know I I, I totally understand that ourselves (laughs) yeah oh man because that that even ties back in with like the running like the okay you know if we make it to this uh, specific marker, we can we can slow down or we can, you know, uh, stretch out or do this or that. It's just like there is a lot of bargaining with yourself. Like that is we that do is the perfect word. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was reading. I don't know if you know Seth Godin, um, but I was reading his book and there is this chapter that talks about like facts versus stories and how, you know, facts are kind of like gravity, like unchangeable things whereas stories is like there's like the narratives in your head um Mm -hmm. can always be changed but we somehow believe that it can't be changed um and so then we have to like trick ourselves (laughs) into into like convincing um ourselves to be a certain way and be a different way so it's a weird thing (laughs) i 
I, I agree with that. I, I hadn't really thought of that. And I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with that author or anything like that, but I mean, there, there's no way to deny that really. Cause I feel like we all kind of, you know, I, I feel like at a certain point we all kind of lie to ourselves or we try to um, convince ourselves what one thing is true or another, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Do you, do you believe that there is kind of a, like our current version and then a better version of ourselves or I mean, do you think that there's only possible to not think about <laughs> I, I feel like well cuz one thing i do is i like to you know think about the person that i used to be cuz there's a lot of different versions of myself and i feel like every few years or you know nowadays uh now that i'm like okay so i'm 28 so like now that i'm like older you know where I don't feel like I've changed as much in the past couple of years, but like, or I think about how I was when I was in college, that feels like a completely different person um, than, uh, than I am right now. And also if I compare that to the person I was when I was in high school, it still feels like a completely different person. And it's just like, we, we go through different versions of ourselves constantly. And I mean, anyone who doesn't change, like, I, I don't understand how you can do that with how the world is constantly impacting us, you know? Yeah. But I'm I'm thinking like what if it's just the same version of ourselves? <laughs> like it's the same version is just that it's like a different facet of the same version. I, it's cuz like everyone's just trying to get rid of their current version and no one wants to like accept it. Like, I feel like, like we're yeah we're never are... satisfied with the current version and that bothers me because this is okay. the version that we have <laughs> right I feel like we should enjoy I feel like people should focus more on building themselves than replacing themselves that's a good point but there are a lot of like a lot of people have bad qualities that they could do <laughs> yeah. replacements on and I, I I know I definitely when I think about myself I, I think of uh, the big things that I needed to change. Um, and I feel like a lot of that is how, uh, can kind of be tied into how we treat people, um, around us or like the, whether we have expectations or entitlements or just, you know, what we want from people. And, um, like I, for example, I was dangerously close. Uh, this is a self-report, but I, I was dangerously close to being like one of those like nice guys you know yeah and I'm so glad that I've changed a lot since then this was uh way back in like high school days but it was still I just look back at how I thought even and it feels just completely alien and foreign but like at the same time I have all those memories of thinking this way about things and that's what I find fascinating about it all because you just I I was that person but it feels so much different than who i am and and when you say nice guy do you mean like i mean like someone who Reddit, people take advantage like people oh, no 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 i was using nice guy in the uh in the way that like where it's a negative thing you know where it's someone who um they're just very over entitled they think they like deserve uh female attention because they're like kind or whatever but they're they're not really and their whole personality is just being nice and i feel like i was dangerously close to that 
kind of person for like the uh for a couple of years and it was just when i think about that i just think of how much i'm glad that i've kind of grown up and that i had <laughs> i did not end up like that how did you become aware of that though did somebody tell you um honestly i just worked on different behaviors and then upon reflection i realized how close i was you know it's that looking back that made me realize it and it i like cringe about it to this day <laughs> where i think about just like the different stuff i that yeah was not a fan of that that's so interesting i never thought about nice guys like that cuz i i always thought of them as like people who um other people take advantage of but no you're right like there is a certain entitlement like th- that's the whole thing about it bothers me when people say oh i treat them so well i don't deserve this and then and then you're just like so that means that you being nice you to someone something yeah and then so that kind of gives me the impression that like oh so the reason why you treat them well is because you're looking for something in return exactly that's you know that's the whole thing cuz like i used to like when i when i think about how i was back then um i i used to think that you know oh all these people are just using me for my kindness or like you know just like oh yes. they want all they want to do is like complain about their problems to me but like in reality you make yourself open for that kind of stuff you set like a lot of what happens to you um in those regards are things that you kind of set yourself up for and you put yourself in the situations for those and then when you um well like you just there's a lot of expectations that like people don't make clear and it's just a lot of bad communication that leads to people having these mindsets where they feel like they're being taken advantage of when in all reality they just didn't make it clear that they had other expectations or needs or wants and they like you just you it's it's all it all just kind of boils down to not being able to communicate your needs really yeah it it's also like beyond communication it's like what do you actually want <laughs> and it's like you know cuz i think once you clarify what you want then i mean to yourself then you're able to be like oh that's why i'm upset like i'm not upset because i think i like deserve something i'm upset because i think that i because i want something from someone and i'm not getting it like <laughs> yeah or i and i put myself in a position where i felt like i needed that or deserved yeah. it or some kind of thing it it really is true that a lot of people also have no idea what they want <laughs> yeah oh my god that that includes me like um you know you say you want something and then you and then sometimes if you're lucky you get it and then you realize like oh i don't i don't really want this thing anymore Yeah, you you just wanted the idea of that thing more. Yeah, but you don't want all the shit that comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Wait, so speaking of like versions of yourself, now I'm just curious like what is what is the gap between your ver- your current version now and then the version that you ideally want to be? Right now, I am just very inconsistent about things. I just if I, if I could change one thing about myself it would be that I would just be more consistent. And by that I mean I would be able to fall into a rhythm better. Um I 
I would be able to kind of follow a schedule a bit better. There's, there's that, that is the big thing that's holding me back. I believe. Is that like, because of the whole being a scientist thing? I I don't know why I have this impression that scientists are always busy all the time. (laughs) Well, I feel like a lot of people who kind of gravitate towards those uh, fields are always busy or they like to stay busy, but I, I guess for me, the big thing is I just, my ideal version of someone or of myself is a person who is just able to uh, constantly keep working towards things or to just, cause I, I just, I don't want to be satisfied with anything. I, I, I don't want to just like, I don't want to be comfortable. You know, I, I like the idea of like continuously trying to either learn something or build something or get some new skill or, you know, just build better relationships. It's, I feel like once I become complacent and just kind of relax and uh, rest during that time, there's a lot more that I could have done. And I, I feel like that that's kind of very important. Yeah. It's something that I've been kind of struggling to think about as well is like, figuring out what is the like how do you balance between being able to be content with what you have right now but at the same time not be complacent and still have goals and still want to work towards something like I don't know because I feel like I've grown up in an environment where in order to be better and make progress you have to be unsatisfied with your current situation. And I feel like that's causing a lot of stress. And, and, and not just me, like I think like our generation in general, like we think that being satisfied with what we have now equals to you're not, um, you're not becoming better. Yeah, I think there's a balancing act there. And I think, I, it's very important to be, you know, because there's a difference between being, you know, satisfied with where you're at or being grateful for the things you have, you know, or at least that's how I look at it. Yeah. Because you, you want to be grateful for what you have. You don't want to just, you know, be jealous of other people or, you know, you want, I, one thing in particular, I think, um, I think this was brought up either in a, Louis CK stand up way back when or something like that where or it could have been in his TV show but um he was talking to um talking about uh how he was talking to his daughter and how uh she was complaining about how um someone she knew like had more of something than she had and what uh what was phrased was you don't look into like look at your neighbor's bowl to see if you have more than them. You look to make sure they have enough. Like you want to make sure that you're taking care of those around you. You don't want to be out there comparing yourself unnecessarily just to become jealous for no good reason, you know? So it's more of like not not tipping the point of like, not like not crossing the line of like becoming, I, I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the words. It's like not letting it affect your peace of mind 
Um, is, does that it, translate I, well? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, the way I look at it is it's sort of uh, in this, in a sense of having like a community and stuff like that, or and so that can apply to you know your relationship with your friends or your family or anything yeah. like that. You want to make sure that you're able, like you you pay attention to what those around you have to make sure that they're not struggling or that you can't like, or you could help them, but you don't want to look to them just to be envious, you know, or at least that's, that's my view on it. But do, but do you think that you're able to be grateful, but still want more? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think I'm struggling so because... with that, man. I'm struggling. <laughs> like, I well, don't like, know how right to now, balance that. Well, I mean, right now, I, I'm pretty lucky to be in a pretty good situation where, you know, my wife and I, we have a nice little apartment. We, we're, we're doing okay money-wise, but like, we're both still looking for how to progress both. Uh, one, we're considering, you know, buying a house together at this point. Um, and two, like, we're always looking at what kind of job opportunities are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to build our skills in that regard. And then also, it doesn't always have to be, you know, work-related or um, things like that. Um, like, you can always just try and work on a language or, uh, you know, there's, there's, always, there's always different ways you can, a person can get better. That's for sure. I think that's really cool that you guys are really supportive of each other. I feel like a lot of relationships are, like, very kind of dependent on the other person and... I don't know. They they see the other person pursuing other interests as t- taking time away from them. So I think that's great. Um. So when we first start, because we've been together for like six years now, um, maybe even more. Yeah, a little bit more than that. Now I think about it. Um. And when we were uh, first uh, dating, I had just finished uh, college. Um, yeah. I was at because uh, I. I finished school in three years because uh, I was um, the school I went to, they accepted like a lot of credits from like the stuff I did in advanced classes in high school. And so I was able to uh, finish school in three years. And so during that time she was uh, younger. So she was still in uh, college. And so for a long, for a lot of it, I was the one with the job and the responsibilities and stuff like that. And all she did was like, you know, focus on school and, um, but we were our own like kind of individual people and we were, um, because she went to school like an hour and a half away, it, it kind of allowed some separation and let our kind of, it prolonged the honeymoon stage It allowed yeah. our relationship to breathe a bit. Um, and it also, um, helped avoid any of those like unhealthy attachments that, uh, we mentioned way back in the beginning of the conversation. Well, it's not really long distance, but it's, you know, it is longer than, what most people would like and so it's mm-hmm. like um i sometimes hear people in long distance relationships being actually more attached unhealthily to the other person because because like they're they're so scared they're gonna do something you know um to, uh, right that it's that insecurity yeah. right think, yeah exactly uh, one good thing is i've always been secure within this relationship like we've always been um, kind of open and able to talk to each other. And that was something that was always important to me, even from the start. Uh, one rule that I like had personally was if there was ever anything that I felt like I needed to try and hide, uh, from her, 
uh, that would be the first thing I would talk to her about <laughs> because it's just, it's, you, you let your feeling of like trying to hide this thing kind of drive you to be like, okay, that needs to be addressed right away. Cause that's clearly important. Oh my God. You and I are the exact same in that regard because I cannot go a minute without addressing the elephant in the room. <laughs> like, well, I, I just I don't see the point of keeping it there. Yeah, I mean, like it builds tension and it's just I can't enjoy anything. Like I can't be present with you if I'm not if I'm constantly thinking about this thing uh, in my head. Oh my so. God. I also I wear my mood like right. Oh, on my face. You oh can, for you sure. You know. And so if something's off, I can't play it off. There's there's no chance like she will know that something is wrong. And yeah. so there's no point in, in, in hiding anything like that. It is a good thing that we have really bad po- poker faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm bad at lying and I don't want to lie. So it's a good combination. Yes. Oh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite compliment you've ever gotten? Oh, that's a good one. Um, When someone tells me that I'm genuine, like, like they, there it is. That is my answer too. Yeah. When someone is like, you know, I feel really comfortable, like just hanging around with you. I feel like that, that is the best compliment. Yeah. I, the word genuine is the literal, like that was the exact (laughs) word I thought of. And the reason I asked that question was uh, back when I, um, back, like right before I I met my wife, um, I was on Tinder and whatever. um, And uh, there was just a conversation that like, you know, where, you know, you ask someone, oh, like, oh, what do you, what's, uh, you know, what are you, what do you think about me or something like that came up? And then, uh, the person was like, I just think you're really genuine. Um, cause, oh, actually now I remember this was when I was, uh, sort of telling someone that I had been talking to. Um, this was right when I met my uh, wife. On t- we also met on Tinder. So uh, yeah. it was basically, it was when I was um, uh, kind of like, you know, letting her know that like, hey, I met someone else. I'm going to pursue this uh, relationship. Um, and like, I didn't want to just ghost you. And like, they were like, this person was like a little sad or upset about it. And they, uh, and I'm like, just out of curiosity, like, well, wh- wh- what kind of, draws you to me or like what what's kind of making this a difficult thing on you and they and it was because and then they called me genuine and so that was where my thought was at and that's why like I asked the question you know oh I love that and thank you for not ghosting on that person like I really that's the one thing that I really don't like about our culture now it's like people are people don't see other people as humans anymore because it's on a screen and it's like Mm -hmm. Dude, there's a person on the other end of this. Like, I, I don't know. And I guess it kind of brings back to being respectful. And it's not even yeah, like totally. other, it's not even like other people deserve respect, but like I feel bad and I don't respect myself if I'm not treating other people with respect. And I don't know. It's well, anyway, that, that was a sidetrack, but thank no, you. No, I, but I, I do, I do get that. And uh, now there is like a kind of balancing act because uh, for it just whenever I think of the concept of ghosting, I think of how some people use it um, versus how others use it. And I think like, for example, 
if you match with someone and you never even really get a conversation going and like say i don't know uh there were like two messages and they didn't respond i don't consider that ghosting i think you need to actually have like some sort of like, like, a, I'm not like a romantic relationship but some kind of like interpersonal relationship at least starting before like it becomes something that you actually need to worry too much about it at the very least yeah no i i totally agree like you you need to have some kind of established connection otherwise it's just like you're gonna be spending eight hours a day <laughs> replying to people <laughs> yeah and i just i don't have the time yeah to be no talking to people constantly <laughs> anyway <laughs> no and for sure I, yeah i'll just leave it at that it is it, it is exhausting um and there are times where let's be real like we just don't feel like talking to other people and i think that's also something that needs to yeah. just people need to kind of normalize communicating that but hey i didn't talk i don't feel like talking right now um and then people just need to learn to accept that as well and i think just more direct communication is always a good thing and so that's that's something i've been working on implementing yeah and it's definitely like not taking things personally either um mm. that helps with the whole situation of ghosting i guess <laughs> yes it's like i don't know we we feel like pe- when people want some time off we're like oh you know it's because of me but it's just other people have their own lives to live to live and yeah yeah and that that's something that did take me a while to really kind of internalize and understand because i definitely took um things personally uh in certain situations where I knew I shouldn't have, or, but sometimes you can't help how you feel, but yeah, it's how long you hold on to that. Or um, one thing I realized was even if I pretended like something didn't bother me, I'd make a lot of jokes about it. And that'd be yes. my way of like addressing it. Um, <laughs> that is how I cope too. <laughs> but like, yeah. But at the end of the day, that's still not super fair to the person. Like, cause like, it totally you're just bringing isn't. up something that like upset you. <laughs> And so that's something that, uh, yeah, a, a Reddit friend of mine really pointed that out to me, actually. And uh, that's, I've, I've worked on that so much. And it's still something I still need to look out for, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's a good friend, by the way. <laughs> Someone who, like, actually tells you the truth. Yeah, I definitely appreciate when someone calls me on, on like, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And and like, why do you think people? Why do you think being genuine is such a such a like rare thing to find in people these days? You know, a lot of people just aren't sincere. They're just like very distracted these days. Uh, I think part of it is that in the process of being genuine, it does open you up to having to admit when you're insecure about things or just negative things about you because along the process of talking to people or getting to know people eventually some of your own flaws are going to come up and a lot of people are not comfortable either admitting them or just like you know recognizing that they have these issues or just being open about it and they they want to present this very hyper perfect yeah like polished version yeah exactly it's a 
it's basically like Instagram of the personality, if it makes sense. You know, you just, you Photoshop out all the things you don't want people to see one way or another. Yeah, that's true. And, and another thing is like, it takes a lot of time to be genuine, I guess, like having a lot of time to be self-aware as well. Yeah, self-aware. You have to like break yourself down and like know (laughs) what you actually are first. Yeah, that's a good point. It's hard to have difficult conversations. So it's a lot easier to and a lot of it is also like expectations. Like being genuine, I feel like always involves some kind of like letting down someone. Um yeah, and it's just not a good (laughs) thing. Can you expand on that? It's like, if you want to be sincere, sometimes it involves having to tell someone the truth right? about when yourself you, they, and also about the other person. Yeah, got yeah. it. And then, I, and then it goes back understand. to your, yeah, and then it goes back to your, your like Instagram version, so. Yeah, well, and then another thing is, I just kind of, uh, I guess one thing that helps me be a little more uh, sincere or genuine um, is the fact that I just don't have the capability to, of biting my tongue sometimes. Like, Same. if someone is saying something and it's, like, sure, it can be wrong, you know, factually wrong, and, like, as long as it doesn't harm anyone, at that point, like, I can, you know, just sit back and I don't have to correct everyone about everything. I don't have to be, like, you know, in control of people's grammar or anything like that. But if, for example, someone says something that's bigoted, then I have to like, I just, I have it in me where I have to ask them, like, oh, what do you mean by that? Or, um, and it's, for example, I was in a situation where um, I was talking with someone's extended family, and um, basically, they made an offhand remark about, like, some celebrity being like homosexual, as if it was a negative thing. And I'm like, oh, uh, is there something wrong with that? And that, and it was a situation where I should have just bit my tongue because like, or well, or at least it would have been polite to bite my tongue. Um, but at the same time, you just, when people are saying stuff that it's, um, that you consider to be a harmful idea, it's, it's hard not to. And like, so that goes with bigoted things. And then uh, as a scientist that goes, especially uh, with uh, misinformation regarding like the whole COVID situation, that, that drives me insane right now. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and I think one thing I realized is. And by the way, before I I go into my point, I really appreciate that you bothered to peel back the layer and like ask them where they're coming from, rather than make some kind of conclusion about that person. Just you know, just from that one statement. So, um, so there's that. And then another thing I realized is like other people's opinions are more of a reflection of where they are at in life and like kind of how they grew up rather than like a personal attack, you know, kind of thing. And I think that has helped me to be more, I guess, empathetic um, and and not like make assumptions about them because then you're just kind of like doing exactly what they're doing (laughs) right and uh i mean a big thing for that is 
that's kind of why I go about that with asking, you know, clarifying questions or trying to dig a little deeper with having them explain themselves. Because if these ideas are coming, you could just get an idea of where an idea comes from just by asking two follow-up questions. And usually by then you'll, um, if they're just regurgitating information that they, you know, heard from someone they assumed was an expert, you'll get, you'll very quickly get to the point where, oh, this person doesn't actually know what they're talking about. They think they're saying this, but they're not actually saying that. Or, um, yeah, and a lot of times people are just old-fashioned with certain ideas. Uh, and it is, it's important to, you just got to think about how you address things that you disagree with anyway. Because if you just go at someone and you start yelling at them, like oh no God. one likes being <laughs> yelled at, or at least like most people don't like being yelled at unless it's like, you know, very well established in certain contexts. But like in general, if you go about things in a, in a good faith manner where you're just kind of putting your best uh, foot forward and you're not making assumptions, then you can, you can at least have a chance at changing someone's mind from something that you consider harmful instead of just like, you know, like really shoving sex down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah, that, that is definitely one of the worst things is like fighting fire with fire. <laughs> it's not the way to go. Yeah. God, I'm learning so much from you. And this was such a random conversation. And I just realized I don't even know your name. <laughs> oh yeah. I am. My name's Chris. Um, nice to I meet you. Yeah, what's your, what is yours? Sorry about that. I'm, I'm Gladys. <laughs> oh, okay, right, got it. From the Zoom title, Gladys's Room, got it. Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> I think on um on the Zoom chat, you're just iPhone, and I can't yeah. see your face, so I'm literally just talking to a blank screen. But it's it's funny. It's like I don't I don't actually need to see someone's face. Like I feel like a lot of the times you can tell that. You can tell how a person is from their voice, um, which is, I don't know, it's nice. Like, <laughs> I love, I, I, I used to never talk to people on the phone or call them. Um, I used to always just text people because, you know, you, you think it's quick and convenient. Yeah. Um, but I have, as I've grown, I've learned that I just love talking on the phone with people uh, for the longest time. Uh, for example, when I uh, first was uh, dating my wife, um, because I had that hour and a half drive, I would just call up different people. And that's how I would stay in touch because through text, can't do it. I just cannot yeah. consistently. <laughs> and as far I can Don't do it. Text with, and drive. Can, well, that too. But I'm talking about just in general. Oh. Um, in general, like I can't just, I, I'm really bad at being interested in texting people to like ask about their day or like oh hey how did that job interview go no I'd rather just call you and then this way we can go through a bunch of things um and you get an idea of like how a person you can hear it in their tone if they're in a hurry you just you get so much more information through hearing someone's voice and it's a lot easier to avoid little pitfalls where you don't recognize that a person's being sarcastic or uh, you know, all these other things that can happen if you emphasize like a word in a different way, how there can be a lot of things where you accidentally upset someone when you're texting them. And that's just something that I've kind of learned that I don't do well with, um, for sure. 
Yeah, me neither. It's like I I tend to misinterpret the other person's message all the time. Um, and no, you're right. I feel I feel a lot closer when I'm able to hear the other person's voice and being able to pick up on like those little nuances that you you never will be able to through words. So, is there anything else that we haven't talked about? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've just been rambling on. Uh, no, I love it. Oh. Me too. Like, th- this is what I love about these things. It's like, there's no goal. It's just whatever comes up. And I feel like yeah. b- letting it be organic, a- as organic as possible, um, is the best way to know someone. Yeah. And I, I feel like having that layer of it also being a podcast is really interesting to me because there's been plenty of times where I've just, you know, called a stranger and we've just talked and we got, we've got a chance to get to know each other and everything like that. But the fact that like, you know, this is coming through someone who's like, you already stated your explicit goal was to like, just get to know someone, <laughs> have a good conversation. Like it just, I don't know. It, it's very comfortable for me. I, I really do like this. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think that that's the whole goal. It's like, and this is another thing I noticed through doing these conversations. It's like the best way to have someone be comfortable and just be themselves is if you yourself first are being yourself and like being comfortable and no, just gives the other person permission to just chill out. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, just that just kind of, it reminds me of your concept of the meat of people being mirrors so yeah, yeah no, I, I agree Chris it was it was really nice to have you here like I I appreciate it this was a very random spontaneous thing to do and um, a lot of people are scared but not you so thank you for being here and I don't know spending your hour with me yeah no thanks so much uh, I had a blast before you go thank you so much for listening If you enjoyed the episode, please take 15, 20 seconds to leave a nice rating and review. It will really, really help the show. Also, come say hi and let me know what you thought about it on Knuckleball Podcast on Instagram. I really love to get to know you as well. And maybe, maybe we can be friends. Who knows? (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye.